the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred seven pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening and welcome to the Friday night edition of the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. Shout out to everybody who's following me on Twitter at Andrea K5, who's friends with me on Facebook, uh, all the people texting me right now, just everybody who's out there listening. Happy to have you all here with me on the kickoff, the evening of Mother's Day weekend. And I'm happy to be able to share the beginning of Mother's Day weekend with you guys. I was actually supposed to have a special treat for you uh, tonight on the show. I had scheduled today to interview none other than uh, one of the foremost uh, women in our nation, mother and grandmother, and that's uh, Dr. Alveda King. And I was going to have her come on to kick off Mother's Day weekend. And she's actually in New York City today at an event called the uh, Be for Life event. And between her schedule, poor gal got stuck. I ended up talking to her when she was in the line at the post office and it just it didn't work out today but uh, she's going to be on next week and so you're not going to miss out on hearing Alveda King she will be on the Andrea K show actually those of you who've been listening to me for a while she's been on twice before and I know that you all love her as much as I do and you know she really is the forebearer now of the King family and she has so much to say about uh, what's going on in Baltimore, some of the biggest topics of the day, you know, civil rights issues. And also, you know, what I was going to talk to her about kicking off Mother's Day weekend is the civil rights issues of children and her work in the pro-life um, community and and how she's taken her lessons, many of which were painful, and written a book about it. And so she's going to be on next week to talk about that. Um, but it is still, even without Dr. King, it is still Mother's Day weekend and she's just one example of many powerful women in this nation who are, you know, mothers and grandmothers. And, and she's just one of many who is dedicating her life to help and to help others. And that's really what being a mom's all about. I got to thinking uh, about mothers and about powerful women and their role and, 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 and what they're doing out there, like, like Alveda, working to nurture and encourage and comfort, provide love to help develop and actually bring out the best you know, in the next generation of people. And I got to thinking that there are so many women who do that every day in their life of others. And they're doing that for the next generation and for other people that they haven't given birth to. And so, and I'm not even just talking about women who adopt children. You know, I got to thinking about all the other women who step into the role of mother throughout their lives, who nurture and love younger coworkers. Maybe it's an employee of theirs. Maybe it's like myself with so many nieces and nephews that I would just lay down my life for. Maybe it's for neighbors or school children or their children's, you know, friends. You know, what about the foster moms who take in the hurting and the disenfranchised children of other mothers? You know, what about the mothering that's done in Sunday schools and on the playgrounds of other people's children who scratch a knee? I know from getting involved with the kids program at Rock Kids that, you know, I've had to really tap into, you know, my maternal instinct there. You know, what about the moms like Peggy 
Peggy Costian, who took in a stranger from all the way across the country, a little short, little skinny stick of dynamite with a big mouth and a big desire to make a difference and who just provides desperately needed support at times and prayer and love and kindness and encouragement. What about the best friends like I have who are forced to step into the role of mother at times when they got a friend who needs a shoulder on a Saturday night in March in Baton Rouge? You know, what about the mothers like me who rescue and take care of fur babies, you know, who love them? And, you know, even though we're not of the same species, you know, what about the men out there? What about the men who have to step in to be both mother and father? Let's not forget the fathers who have to be mothers at times. And these are men who oftentimes they don't know anything about makeup. They don't know anything about Manny petties. They don't certainly don't know anything about anything else that starts with an, with an M. But, you know, they got to bluff their way through. And sometimes being a mother is a, is a lifelong role. And sometimes just it's just a moment in time. And, you know, so tonight's show is dedicated to all the mothers out there and how, however they perform that role of mother. I think most people in our lives at some point or another have to play that role. And so I think that, that, that Mother's Day should go for everybody out there. And I want to thank you for those in my life who fulfill that role for me on a, on a, a daily basis. Not to get too maudlin, this is uh, to wipe the tears from my eyes and the sentimentality because you know that um, <clears throat> I like to hit it hard and I also like to have fun. So, hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Andrea K Show right here on AM 1170, The Answer. And if you're going to call in tonight, if you want to be a part of the show, like I said, you can follow me on Twitter, tweet out there, friend me on Facebook and comment there. You can also call in the show, 888-344-1170. Um, you can also message me on Facebook if you don't want to call in. Um, later on in the show, uh, I know that Della Beefs, I've gotten some messages from people saying, you know, speaking of mother, motherly figures, uh, people saying, hey, where's Della B? Ben? Della's going to be back, and she's had to take a few weeks off. Uh, you know, she's got a lot of family obligations as well as vacations. She's actually on a vacation this weekend. So you Della B fans, take heart. She's going to be back on the show. Uh, coming back on the show later on uh, in, in tonight's show is, is going to be somebody who's been on before. It's going to be Elisa Brent. She's going to be bringing on a topic that has a very top of importance to most mothers out there and even a lot of people because it's, it's, a, it's about forced vaccinations. And this is a topic that's been covered on all the major networks because there's, it's a very controversial topic. A lot of things surrounded about the topic of vaccinations, not the least of which is the, the issue of government control and the forced vaccinations. And there's some shenanigans that's been going on out here in the state of California that also has some national implications. So she's going to be on later to talk about that. Um, I may have a caller at the bottom half of the hour who's a Brit who actually is going to be calling in and telling us about what's going on uh, with the British election. So um, speaking of moms, I started to put out uh, today's show is dedicated to the moms. I started to put out the uh, uh, Pop Andrea, you know, K show poll asking people about what their idea of a mom of the year. I mean, is it somebody like, you know, Chelsea Clinton, you know, I saw her on the cover of a magazine the other day going into Mother's Day, Mom of the Year. Like, what in the world has she accomplished to make her Mom of the Year? Or is it somebody like that mom in Baltimore who who saw her kid under a mask, ran across the street, and snatched him bald right there in front of everybody and humiliated him? And you know what? He didn't smack her back either because he knew who was in charge. He knew who the alpha male was of that equation. 
Um, I don't know what your idea of Mother of the Year is, but, you know, she's, uh, you know, a lot of people say it's controversial about her. You know, should you be, you know, spanking your kid? I actually think that uh, she brought up a, a lot of good dialogue about the culture of the black community. And that's something I'm going to be talking to Alveda King about next week. A lot of things happening in the news today about Baltimore. It, you know, um, almost immediately, you know, I saw that press conference with that that attorney Mosby, and I thought, boy, that's a sharp lady. She's so articulate, so intelligent. I'm not a lawyer. Alicia's not here with me tonight. But it just seemed, even to somebody like myself, untrained, it just seemed like she was Trayvon uh, Martining the situation. And sure, surely enough, you know what happened with Trayvon Martin? Uh, it, the case was overcharged. Zimmerman walked, and a lot of people said, you know, had they not overcharged, to quiet the mob that that was in the streets that maybe Zimmerman would have you know been convicted of something reports are coming out today that you know she said that that uh, Freddie Gray was unlawfully there was not probable cause sure enough reports are the knife he had on was illegal sure enough reports are coming out that there's absolutely no way that this woman is going to make depraved murder stick uh, we've got lawyers for the Baltimore Police Department have filed a motion today actually to force her to recuse herself uh, evidently not only has she you know been uh, had her campaign uh, been donated to a big ticket donor from the uh, attorney for the Freddie Gray family, but I guess she's involved personally with even witnesses and involved in the case. So so much corruption going on there. But instead of a Lynch, the attorney general, instead of her launching an investigation. You know, here's the top law enforcement officer of the land, the Justice Department. It's obvious that there's some major shenanigans and possible corruption going on in the charging. We're supposed to be innocent and prove, until proving guilty in this country. And it looks like some people being, you know, um, you know, run off on a rail. And instead of investigating them and what's going on in, in that office, Mosby's office, no, she's decided to follow in Holder's footsteps just like everybody thought she was going to do and launch some investigation. Investigation into civil rights allegations. And I guess I was kind of busy today, but I guess she made this announcement right at the time of a burial service of a true American hero who was shot in the face, a police officer in New York City. And, you know, I predict what happens is, is I think that, you know, maybe the unfair venue, I posted to people a couple weeks ago or last week or whatever. I said, can they get a fair trial in Baltimore? Absolutely not. Maybe she's going to end up making these charges stick if these police officers are forced to, you know, stand trial in a venue that's unfair. If they get a change of venue, it's likely what's going to happen is they're not going to get convicted and we're going to have more rioting in the streets. That's what's happening in Baltimore. I'll tell you what's happening. After we take this break, there's going to be more of the Andrea K. Show on the other side. You're listening to the Andrea K. Show right here on AM 1170, The Answer. AM 1170, The Answer. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. 
I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen & Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen & Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657333. Miramar Kitchen & Bath. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrew K Show. That's one of my favorite all-time songs. That's one of my favorite 90s old-school jams. And I tell you who I, I think would actually appreciate that song is an old friend of mine in the Andrea K. Show who's not called in in ages. And it looks like it's my old buddy Michael on the line. Hey, friend. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, what's up with you? You think you could do a little heavy D? Did you hear that song, you, Now That We Found I heard- Love? I heard that song. I did do a heavy D song at karaoke one time, but it wasn't that song. It wasn't that. You want a little sample of it? Yeah, sample it out, baby. We're all over my lover. The cloth is sweet. Oh, jeez, I forgot the words. Yeah, yeah, that's Many a call, but it's chosen on few. I all want to know. Is it good to you? Oh, that's one of my favorite heavy D. Maybe, uh. Maybe uh, coming up on one of the later breaks, maybe my man Todd can play it. Now, uh, Todd says you wanted to chat at me about Baltimore and what's going on there. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, Before I do that, um, let me also chime in on what you said about mothers. Yes. Right? Um, I don't know if I ever told you this phrase, but there's an old Janet Jackson song back in the 90s called New Agenda. And she has a rapper, I forgot the rapper's name, but in the opening, he has a line that is so significant, I find very intriguing. And he says, if it weren't for our mothers, there would be no brothers. And if it weren't for our sisters, there would be no misters. Ooh, that's a good one. Leave it to uh, Janet, yeah. Miss Jackson. Yep, so what, okay, Jackson. so what, what say you about Baltimore? Well, the thing is, is that these police officers... I I looked at the video of the press conference, and I saw um, some of the video clips of the police officers. You have to admit that there's something very wrong here in which what should have been a two-minute transport from the point of arrest to the um, place of booking turned to be 40 minutes with five unexplained, unauthorized, unjustified stops. And the police officers themselves, they said, oh, well, we made a few mistakes. We, like, began to buckle him up for mm-hmm. safety, but, you know, stuff happens and so forth. Right. Well, here, let and, me interrupt you there because, you know, I want to I keep it on track. I don't know what happened during those stops. I don't know if there was a rough ride or not. Here's what I do know. The investigator who supposedly did the investigation on it is somebody that, that had to have his weapon removed. There's, there's some kind of weird allegations about him that at some point he, he's a very sketchy individual who had some allegations and, and had a very troubled past who supposedly had no business being involved in the investigation. Also, um, when you 
you've got a, a, a U.S. attorney who uh, comes out and says, I heard you in the streets and I'm responding. She proved that she had uh, her own personal agenda involved as opposed to being, uh, I mean, would you, if the tables were turned, would you want that? Would you want a U.S. attorney who was white coming out and, and you know, arresting six police officers and um, and basically stating for the people that she was doing it to please the rioting mob as opposed to having be based on the evidence. It's supposed to be an objective filing of the evidence. It's clear to everybody, Michael, that she, I mean, the, what was it, a matter of minutes before the report was issued where she comes out on the steps and stands there and gives a ridiculous amount of detail, come to find out some of the people that she charged on the initial day were the wrong people and innocent people, uh, their names and addresses if you're following me, she she filed charges against the wrong people with the wrong names. So innocent people had their addresses published when it wasn't even the same officers. But most importantly, reports are coming out now today that she cannot make murder to stick. Where's the evidence for depraved murder? I'm not sure what happened on that ride. I don't know what happened on the four stops. But to charge depraved murder, that means intent. That means that those officers or the officer charged, the driver of the bus, had an intent to kill Freddie Gray. There is nobody in this country that should be charged with murder, depraved murder, just to quiet a mob. No, but see, Andrew, you're forgetting one thing, and that is an even... One of the officers had stated that the deceased had requested for medical attention, medical assistance several times, and he was deprived of that. Uh, well, and, and you know had, what? I, and and if he it, and, if he should have he should have received medical care, absolutely. And, but but to deny him medical care is not the same thing as charging him with with murder to depraved murder because you have to be able to prove intent she does not have the goods from all the reports that are coming out she does not have the goods to make that stick which means it was reckless it means it was irresponsible it means it was done for the wrong reasons and it means that we've now got a potential of even a worse outcome in this country michael if you care about justice you should want the right charge to be leveled against those police officers period you should want justice done and you should not want a U.S. attorney who had who is basically in cahoots with the defendant's attorney to be placing those charges. Wait, wait, wait. You would not want further. that. Before, before, before we go further, the woman you're speaking of, Marilyn Mosby, she is the state attorney. She's she a is, U.S. attorney. Uh, yeah, she's a U.S. attorney. No, she's, and, not, she's not a U.S. attorney. She's a, she's a state right, right. attorney, well, a U.S. attorney. You're right. You're right. US That's, that, attorney you're attorney's federal. Is, she's a state attorney. I'm not sure what that has to do with anything. The bottom line is Freddie Gray's attorney uh, donated to her campaign. She's thick as thieves with them. She's corrupt. The Baltimore Police Department was right. The Baltimore Police Department was right in filing. They're probably not going to, you know, get her off because, you know, of, you know, the way things are rolling in Baltimore. But they were right in saying that she needed to recuse herself. She had no business. Let me read some of the reasons why they say that. Um, That um, she has personal relationships with individuals uh, who will serve as witnesses during the trial. That's just one of their five reasons. Now, do you think that that's appropriate? That the prosecuting attorney be buddies with witnesses in the trial? Where's her objectivity? And how many times have we seen that occur with people being buddy buddies with the with police?
police officers or even the police. I haven't union seen has. that. I haven't seen that. But what I do know is that we don't we don't we That's don't justify it happening here. We don't justify it happening here. Well, if it, if it happened in New York yeah. City, that was wrong. We don't now say, okay, let's take that to Baltimore. We got six police officers, uh, you know, whose whose lives are on the line here. And oh, by the way, well, um, you know, what about the um, the black police officer who shot and killed a white teen, a white unarmed teen in Alabama around this same time, and there were no charges pressed against him and there were no riots in the street? There were no charges pressed against him? No, and no riots in the street. I haven't heard, of, I haven't heard about that. If you can inbox me that, that's news to me. Yeah, that's, I'm that, happy to do that. That case is news to me. Well, yeah, I'm happy to do that. Um, in fact, that was it. That I read that in an article. Do you know who Thomas Sowell is? Negative. I read that in an article that he wrote for National Review. Yeah, he's. I'm going to send you this article because he's he's a brilliant man. In fact, one of the things that he yeah. talked about is how Baltimore is a case study of liberal failure. He's African American, by the way. He talked about how in the black community, the first hundred years after slavery versus the first fifty years after the growth of the welfare state, uh, that that during the first hundred years after slavery, there was less crime, black on black crime, less crime in the ghettos uh, than there was in the first fifty years after the growth of the welfare state. I Are think you familiar people, with that? I, I, like I said, I am not familiar with that, Andrew. But what I think what is the real big issue here, why people are so upset, is that, um, first of all, she was elected by the people. She was not any special appointee. And, and refers that to, doesn't mean uh, that she shouldn't recuse so herself. That doesn't so, mean that she has, wait, that wait, doesn't mean she has conflicts of interest. So, so she's, she says she's representing the people and not of any particular special interest. Well, when she like, came out, but let me, let me interrupt you there. When she came out on the streets and said, I heard your cries, no justice, no peace, basically she's telling the mob, I'm doing your bidding and I'm doing what you want me to do. Instead of saying, I'm an independent person representing all the people here, representing everybody, including the police officers who were being charged. But how many times have we seen police officers? I don't care about how many times we've seen police officers. We have got to take each case by case. We do not allow corruption. We don't justify corruption in one case because it happened some other place. I don't, and, and that's part of the problem because so, what is so much has happened with all of this um, con, conflating all these different stories is the false premise that's being the false narrative that's being propagated on the American people that there is a systemic problem. The police departments, this Sharpton-esque narrative that police departments are all out there just purpose, purposely trying to shoot down black people, and that's not the case. There was never hands up, don't shoot involved in Ferguson. Everybody knew it, including Obama, Holder, Sharpton, all of them, and they continued. They continued to put out that false narrative, which was a lie, Michael, and that's one reason why you had so many of these people in the streets in Baltimore, because they never got clued into the fact that it was a lie. They're now believing that this is a much bigger problem for the black community than it is, and the reality is is Baltimore is run by blacks. Baltimore is run by blacks and the, uh, uh, the majority of the police department, the city council. It's run by liberals. They can't blame. They can't blame white people, and they can't blame uh, the Republicans either because it's run by Democrats. Well, Andrew, I understand what you said about saying about innocent until proven guilty. All right, I, I understand that. But then you gotta admit also that when um, when the average civilian is charged with a crime, we always say. You know, we can always say innocent until proven guilty, but then you always have the pundits always referring to him as the thug this or thug that, and he wasn't even convicted yet. Likewise, 
Um, well, I think you can Eric call Garner, somebody a thug. I, I in think... the Eric Garner case, he got a video there that shows him being choked to death, and and a coroner report saying that he was choked, but then you got pundits to say, oh, there was no chokehold. Well, he, like, well the, police officers the, were char- the police officers were charged in that case. I don't care what some dopey pundit says. The police officers were charged in that case. The police officer that shot yet. the guy down, the police officer that shot the guy dead, you know, who got out, ran out of his car. I mean, he's facing charges, you know, but oh, you you know, let's talk Carolina? about... Yeah, I mean the guy's facing charges. He's been charged with murder. He's facing charges, yeah. No, I was yeah, but that, but to but, uh, but a, a black police officer who shot and killed a white teen in Alabama didn't face any charges, and nobody's writing. You know what about the what about the twenty five year old what about the twenty five year old police officer Michael what about the Michael what about the the police officer and yeah that's right he should be but nobody uh, but all the focus from the black community is only on you know uh, when a black person dies and they don't seem to care whether or not that black person like like in Ferguson. Brown, whether or not, you know, in fact, I think you even called him my but, show, Michael, and you argued on behalf of Trayvon Martin, even though he was the one that was seen pounding Zimmerman's head into the ground. Zimmerman, I think, should have been charged with something, but they overcharged that case. You know, in Ferguson, I think you argued with me on behalf of, you know, um, Michael Brown. You said that that video of him strong arming the robbery in the convenience store was probably um um, I can't remember the term you used, that it was like a trumped-up video, that it was edited to make him look bad. No, I said it was, I think I said that was somebody else that was yeah. mistaken for Brown. Oh, well, listen, I'm so appreciative you called in. I got to leave it there because I've only got like 20 more minutes left in the show and I got to get going. But I always love it when you call in. You always get my blood pumping, brother. You always bring good debate to me here on the Andrea K Show. It's been too hey, long I since you called get, in. I don't want to get your blood pumping like that. I don't want you passing out on the air, and I just blame <laughs> for it. All right, baby. Love you. Have a great yeah, Mother's Day. Singing, you know? All right. Talk at you soon. All right. I want to I want to finish reading this one quote um, before we go to a break, Todd, if that's okay, from Thomas Sowell, this National Review article uh, that he wrote regarding Baltimore. He said that you cannot take people of any color, exempt them from requirements of civilization, work behavioral, work, behavioral standards, personal responsibility without ruinous uh, consequences, treating people like livestock to be fed and tended by the welfare, welfare state, yet expecting them to develop as human beings, um, you know, is is the is you know, unconscionable, and it's really what we're seeing play out. This is his theory about what we're seeing played out in Baltimore, and that it's a case study of liberal failure and what's happening uh, in the black communities. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to shift gears because there's more to talk about here on the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. AM 1170theanswer.com. Hear us anywhere in San Diego and the world. AM 1170theanswer. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. Do you struggle with the day to day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. 
Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation, a fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All-natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. Look no further. We have the answer. AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you here with me sharing this Friday before Mother's Day. Um, yeah, Peggy posted a comment about um, Alveda King, and she's not in favor of the mayor either. So I'm going to read her quote a little bit later, but it sounds like we might have a Brit on the line. Did I hear some British music? Did I hear God Save the Queen? Yeah. Hello, Andrea. Hey, How are you doing? Hey, I'm wonderful, Simon. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Thanks very much. I love the music intro. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Now, hey, for those who um, are regulars of the show, you know that my partner in crime on Thursday nights, Alicia Dern, and she's the hot witch legal libertarian uh, analyst for the show. She also happens to be married to this wonderful Brit named Simon. Uh-huh. Very kind. <laughs> uh-huh. so, I'm going to be your, your English correspondent, well, England correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, as my British correspondent, what's the word going on over there? Uh, well, it, was it was it really a landslide for the conservatives? What happened over there? It, it, uh, landslide's a bit of a, a strong wording, really. Uh, it was in the sense that they've become a majority, which is huge. So they can get to do whatever they want. Uh, they don't have to uh, do any deals with other parties anymore. So landslide in the sense that they're a party uh, governing by themselves yet. But it's uh, more telling for the rest of the parties. In, in the entire political map of uh, Britain has changed. Uh, Labour got a beating, and uh, uh, Lib Dems uh, almost ceased to exist as a party. It, it's crazy. There are so many resignations and uh, gaps in Parliament now that they're going away for the weekend to work out who, who they can use to fill the cabinet positions. So that's like a tr- Treasury Secretary, Defence Secretary. All those people that no longer have a job. So it's, it's a very, very chaotic time really well with it being so chaotic what happens is this is this what we would consider to be a constitutional crisis uh, no no this is just a the, the problem was the last government was a, a, a mix of two uh, parties and the Lib Dems basically got wiped out they used to be uh, 40 odd seats or 40 MPs and now they're down to I believe it's 10 or something it's really very few wow. and uh 
before then, they held an awful lot of positions in government, in, in, in the very top echelons of government. They negotiated themselves into the uh, yeah, defence secretary, uh, essentially, and uh, head of the treasury, and suddenly they didn't get voted in. So they lose their jobs. So the government, uh, uh, Mr Cameron's trying to suddenly fill, fill the gaps. Well, I, I heard that something happened over there that has happened here, and that yeah. is that the liberal media over there was trying to tell people, hey, don't bother to go vote because the liberals are going to win in a landslide, trying to you know play some fast and loose with the with the outcomes uh, by misleading the voters. We had that happen here. But I, there was that, yes. Yeah. Uh, there was two things that came out as uh, slightly dirty laundry, if you like. Uh, one was, yes, one of the MPs uh, tweeted the uh, – uh, early poll results before he was allowed to, uh, therefore somewhat maybe affecting the uh, polar outcome. Sorry, polls, uh, the amount of people that turned up. Um, but the second one is it turned out that they did a bit of a mix-up on ballots as well. So if you were a registered postal voter, uh, you got sent your postal vote, and then a few days later you could also turn up and vote again. Uh, but uh, British people, being very honest, just turned up and said, I'm sorry, you did a mistake. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll vote twice. Now, uh, no, they, they were the scandals, really. What do you think is the reason behind um, the whether it was a landslide or not for the conservatives getting so much more power? What's the mood on the ground over there in Britain with the rise of radical Islam? Uh, as for radical Islam, yes, it, it's, it's uh, yeah, a huge problem. Also, all of Europe, uh, of course, France especially, uh, is on the uh, firing line for it. Uh, anything, the, the only change is there's no change uh, because uh, the Conservative government have been very shoulder-to-shoulder uh, you know, -shoulder with the Americans and the rest of the world with uh, the United Front against terrorism. Uh, it, it hasn't changed because uh, the Conservatives are still in. If Labour had got in or, or a mixed other party, there would have been maybe a different... Uh, a global outlook, or at least from the British point of view. So, uh, mm -hmm. on the ground wise, uh, there's no huge change in in, in the sense that uh, we're all still together against uh, against radical Islam. Uh, now, what about Scotland? What's the situation oh, yeah, that's there? A crazy one. Oh, uh, I, I haven't been up there recently at all, but uh, essentially, uh, obviously, as you know, that uh, Scotland did a vote not too long ago to uh, whether to secede from Britain and be its own country, and they obviously voted no. And this election played out the fact that they said, well. We want to be part of Britain, but we want uh, a lot more say in mm -hmm. the governance. So uh, instead of all the votes that would normally go to Labour and mainly to, uh, sorry, to Labour, instead that all the Scottish voters got together and said, no, we're going to vote for our own party, the Scottish National Party. Okay. And that's what decimated Labour. Suddenly all of Scotland voted the other direction. I mean, there's, there's one person that's been voted in as an MP, so a senator essentially, and she's a 20-year-old girl. She hasn't even finished school. She got a vote in. So she's the youngest ever, in 350 years, youngest member of parliament at 20. She hasn't even wow. done her at A-levels yet. I know, because that, that's the mood in Scotland. They just so did not want to go back to the two-party uh, Labour conservative fight. They said, hey, tell you what, there's another party on the scene, uh, the Scottish National Party. We will vote for them instead. So, yeah, there's a huge mix-up. And this young girl managed to knock off a, uh, a member of parliament that had been there for 35 years. I love it. We need to have more of that crazy. going on here in our country. Oh, I don't know how oh, nasty it gets. Craziness. Yeah, I don't know how nasty it gets, um, you know, being over there in terms of elections. We've got a lot of good people that don't throw their hat in the ring here because it just gets so nasty. But we need more young people doing that, saying, you know what, enough of these career politicians. I'm going mm -hmm. to get mm -hmm. in there and I'm going to mix it up and I'm going to take well, it's over. It's nice and easy over there. All it costs yeah. you is 500 pounds and you can have a party. You can just make up a party. There was something actually technically with 38 parties that are in the election, but I most think, of them were just yeah. people who are angry and 
started, I don't know, uh, the Yoda for Britain party, and there were all sorts of silly ones. So the idea is anybody can enter if you've got £500, mm. or, or and anybody can start a party. So Well, you know what? I should start a party. I should start yeah, a party. Could. The Dynamite Party. The Dynamite <laughs> and Address Party. That's me, Simon. Hey, we got to leave it there. Thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. Take care of my buddy, Alicia, will you? Speaking of buddies, I hear my my buddy Timothy is on the line. Hey, T. Oh, he hung up? All right. Well, I guess he decided not to wait for me. Uh, you know what? Well, it, Timothy, if you're listening, if you want to call back, get, give a shout. I wanted to reference because Peggy talked about how Alveda King doesn't like that mayor in Baltimore. No, she actually wrote a scathing note to that mayor about her, how she was inciting violence and um, actually – uh, even did a little history lesson for that mayor of Baltimore, uh, comparing 1965 Baltimore with 2015 Baltimore. And look at the look at the number, the amount of money in public schools then versus now, the amount of money in social welfare then versus now, the size of government bureaucracy in 65 versus 2015, the number of black elected officials then versus now, the number of black children born to intact families then versus now. And, you know, it, it's it's all grown, grown, grown. More and more, more and more, more and more government, more and more, more and more money, and nobody's lives are better off. So anyway, speaking of people trying to better their lives, and um, I, I – you know what? I come, I come from a long line of military people. I'm the daughter of two Marines. Mama was a Marine. Y'all all know that. I actually at one point when I was growing up thought about maybe going to one of the military academies myself. But, you know, I have always known that didn't mean that I thought I was going to go into the Naval Academy and come out and go be a SEAL. Okay, you know, I'm all about, you know, I've never thought that I've ever been held back as a woman over a man. But I, I I embrace my gender. I feel like I'm just as powerful as any man with my mind. But I'm five two and 107 pounds. Okay. These women, I shouldn't mock my own gender. Let me just tell you this. A Fox News report came out about women, female candidates that entered into Army Ranger. I shouldn't editorialize. I'll just put it that way. They entered into Army Ranger training, okay? The Army back in 2012 decided to let women throw their hat in the ring. We're ushered in a new military these days, you know? Um, so these women decided – the Army Rangers, by the way, are these special forces for the Army, kind of like the SEALs are for the Navy. None of the remaining eight female candidates made it through Army Ranger School. They, they didn't even make it out of the first phase of training in Benning. And, and while they did not do well – and here's what they said, though – they did make it through the pre-qualification round, but they didn't make it through phase one. And the Army issued a statement and said that the eight women were going to be recycled. Now, what woman really wants to be called recycled, right? But they can be recycled to go back through the training phase in an up- upcoming Ranger School session. Sixty women were originally slated to participate in the Ranger assessment phase. The, they made it down to eight, and then the, those eight women didn't make it. You know, I'm all about, I love Carly Fiorina. I'm all about women. You know, I come from corporate America. There's no man in corporate America that could do a better job than Andrea. Nobody ever held me back and paid me less in corporate America than they paid any guy for the same job. But come on, we're talking about our military. We're talking about special ops here. You know, the, the, um, uh, they were, the army was told that when they decided in 2012, 
that the women were going to be allowed to come in. The Army supposedly was told, hey, if you let women in, you don't have to water down uh, any of your you know, requirements to pass female candidates. Reports from Fort Benning came out, said that they did everything they could to not to not give that impression. You know, this is our military. We live in a time where we face the greatest threats that we've had, even going back to pre-WW2. We cannot afford to play with our military and have women, these, these you know, feminists of today, the women who refuse. I, I've been hit. I had to finally block a woman on Facebook, a woman who's a congresswoman out of the state of Georgia, I think it was, because she's been attacking me, telling me that there is no such thing as gender, that, that, that gender lines don't even exist. That's the movement on the part of the left. I really snickered and laughed a lot when I read this because I got to thinking about that dopey movie with Demi Moore where she tried to be a SEAL, G.I. Jane or whatever. I mean, it's really funny when you think about it and you imagine these women trying to do this. But then you realize the threats we face. You look at what happened in Garland, Texas. Women, there is differences in genders, not necessarily in our brain, although those, you know, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. But we got to knock this crap off. We got to get the politics out of the Pentagon and we got to get back to facing our threats. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to shift gears again and we're going to talk about government control in in another form that affects women and that's in the form of forced vaccination so don't change that dial because we got more coming up on the andrea k show on the other side of the break san diego's home for intelligent conservative talk am 1170 the answer This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. The arguments over same-sex marriage before the Supreme Court were exactly what we thought they'd be. A major day of constitutional drama with the issue of same-sex marriage at the center. Justice Anthony Kennedy, widely assumed to be the critical swing vote, appeared to be questioning from two contradictory directions. On the one hand, challenging the authority of the court to redefine marriage, and on the other hand, identifying the injustice, as he said, of not allowing same-sex couples to wed one another. One point repeated again and again was that marriage for thousands of years has been exclusively between a man and a woman. Indeed, it has been so for all the millennia of human history. Justice Kennedy himself said the same-sex marriage has only been legal in the United States for about a decade. Chief Justice Roberts summed it up well when he said to the counsel for the pro-same-sex marriage side, You are not seeking to join the institution. You're seeking to change the institution. The Chief Justice of the United States has articulated exactly what is at stake. I'm Albert Moeller. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. AM 1170 The Answer and AM 1170 com. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. It's light ladies night here. We're celebrating Mother's Day. I was having a little fun, a little bit, a little bit of fun, actually. And then I got serious about these women trying to be Army Rangers. I mean, are you kidding me? And then I saw Peggy on Facebook uh, said Private Benjamin. I have been hearing ever since I can remember about that movie, people saying that I remind them of Private Benjamin. You know what? I could see me. In the military, I absolutely could see me in the military. But the one thing that I would not do, like Private Benjamin did, I would never jump out of a plane because that's just like insane. Was that the 
With, with Goldie Hawn? Yeah, that's the one with Goldie Hawn. Yeah, she she enlists in the army because she uh, because her her recruiter tells her about their yachts and she's thinking that, that it's going to be like you know going to the spa or whatever. And then she finds out the real deal. I love that movie. I yeah, love. I think Eileen they need to remake it with you starring it. <laughs> yeah, but I want to play. I want to play the boss. I want to be like the um, uh, Eileen Brennan character. I think she was like the sergeant. Anyway, hey, I got some hot witches. Speaking of hot ladies, I got some hot witches on the line that want to talk about uh, um, a state bill here in California um, that has to do with the controversial situation that a lot of people have been talking about for a while, and that is forced vaccinations. There's been a heavy debate that's been going on nationally for a while. In fact, uh, when one of my best friend's daughter actually competed in a pageant for Miss America, a couple of months ago, she was asked this question about vaccinations because this is a topic that's really hot across the country. Uh, you know, vaccinations have been controversial because you've got people like Jenny McCarthy saying that she believes that her son got autism uh, from vaccinations. You've got a lot of people saying that uh, because what the vaccinations do is they inject you with whatever the disease is uh, that, they, that they're trying to, you know, in you know, inoculate you against. And so there's a lot of people that want to make the choice as a parent, have the control over their child to decide for themselves whether or not they want to be vaccinated. I don't have any children, but everybody in my family has vaccinated their children. But I also know a lot of people that haven't. And I know a lot of people that get some of the vaccinations and don't get others. I got some some ladies on the line uh, that, that um have some hot opinions on the topic in part not just because it's um elisa brent is it's sb277 absolutely sb277 is california legislature's way of mandating vaccines against all families any parent like you said i i actually am a pro-vaccination person i vaccinated all my kids but you know they want to force down our throats any and all vaccinations that they deem fit, and it's unacceptable. And with me, I have Heather Hawks, and um, she is from the California Coalition for Health Choice, and she's an amazing representative. They have an army that has been going to Sacramento and fighting for our rights to keep our choice. Heather, are you there? I'm here. Now, what? tell everybody, okay, so it's SP277. It's about vaccinations. What does this mean? Does this mean that if you don't get certain vaccinations or if you don't get all the vaccinations, then what happens? You don't get to put your kids in school? Yeah, so basically the way this legislation is written, it requires all children to receive all vaccines on schedule. This is, when we say schedule, this is the schedule presented by the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. And if you opt out of even one vaccine, let's say uh, a common example is the Hep B, right, because it's, it's a lot of people aren't at risk for Hep B, um, then you are considered not vaccinated and you no longer have access to public, private, or charter education in the state of California. Your only option um, and this was an amendment. This was not originally in the bill. It's homeschool. So that means you keep your child at home with you um, and, and you quit your job um, and you school them at home. Elisa, Elisa Brent, you were you texted me earlier something about the polio vaccination the vaccine. What's the deal with that? Well, today I learned that they actually renamed the polio vaccination. I, I don't know if Heather knows what the name is, but. 
I was shocked to find out that polio is still alive and well. It's just been renamed by the CDC. Yeah, I thought it had been eradicated. They What they did after they um, came out with the polio vaccine and had vaccinated a great number of people, they reclassified polio and they stopped calling it polio and they started calling it some other thing. Um, and unfortunately, I'm not quickly pulling up those names um, because it was another woman in the group who's really the expert on this piece. Um, but so they say, OK, we've eradicated polio because, look, we don't have any more cases of polio since the vaccine. And isn't that amazing? The reality is we are still seeing disease with the symptoms of polio, it's that we now call it something else. So why is this such an important topic to you, ladies? To everybody out there listening, why is this so important to you? If you're both pro-vaccinations, why is this of an importance to the average listener? Liberty. You cannot take away our freedom to choose. You cannot force us to take vaccines or give administer vaccines to our children that we may or may not agree with. I mean, there might be some medical reason that that we don't want to give it to our children or a religious reason or philosophical reason. You know, the government cannot force us to put medications or yeah, no. well, it's like into our kids' systems. Exactly. And see, that's where I always stand on the side of liberty. You know, I've been saying for a long time that, you know, Obamacare and socialized medicine, it's it's all about control. Ronald Reagan back, I think it was in his 1964 speech um, at, at the Republican convention, said that the inroad, the left would would make an inroad towards socialism under the guise of health care that uh, that um, and, and helping people, that that's really the the way in to to emotionally manipulate people into accepting government control over our lives. And, you know, last night I reported on a story about this sex uh, questionnaire that they're that they're imposing on 12-year-old kids out there that was so graphic. It was absolutely obscene and pornographic, and it was really meant to collect data on these children. It was also meant to indoctrinate them into the philosophy of government control over their lives. And all every liberal policy, under the phony guise of being good for us and for our own health care, it's really just a ruse for liberty. Now, you guys absolutely. have said... Well, get this, Andrea. Yeah. There's breaking news today. This that senators that wrote this bill, Senators Pan and Allen, they amended SB 277. They struck out a portion of the bill that would require school districts to send communications to parents notifying them of the percentage of students vaccinated in their school district. And following this change, the Legislative Council reevaluated the bill and determined that it would no longer require financial analysis, and it now bypasses the Appropriations Committee. The, the committee analyzes how much a bill will potentially cost the state and ultimately California taxpayers. So as of Thursday, May 14th, this coming Thursday, this bill will be eligible to be heard and voted on by the California State Senate. And the authors of this bill are fast-tracking to push this controversial bill through the legislature. The opposition to SB 277 does not represent an anti-vaccine movement. Parental rights is the real issue at hand, and many people who oppose SB 277 are indeed vaccinated and have vaccinated their own children. This bill removes parental rights while eliminating informed consent. California lawmakers are working hard towards taking away parental choice. Absolutely. Alicia Dern, as a libertarian, what do you know about this bill and what are your thoughts? 
Well, uh, it's it's uh, as represented. I mean, the, the hammer here, they're saying it's not a mandatory vaccination bill. The, the hammer is that your kids can't participate in education um, except for homeschooling. Now, I personally am a big fan of homeschooling. I'm also a fan of charter schooling. I don't think all of our kids should be mandated in the state-run schools anyway. Uh, but the fact that they don't even give you a choice uh, on all that, that it concerns me. It concerns me that you don't have a choice about what, vaccinations and what schedule you're putting them into your children. Um, because, you know, while I, I am also in favor of vaccinations, and I think that some vaccinations have been proven to be um, useful and healthy, um, and, but there, there are many that are still relatively new, like giving the HPV vaccination to a five-year-old. I mean, five-year-olds are not at risk of cervical cancer or, or sexually transmitted diseases, and I'm not right. sure we need to vaccinate them. Right. Um, but uh, the ACLU has actually uh, been petitioning the Senate here, um, saying that there's not enough of a health risk uh, by, anti, uh, by unvaccinated children that makes it worthwhile to uh, infringe on civil liberties. So, you know, you, you really need to balance, like, how much we're con- controlling people versus what it, the harm is that we're, we're trying to, um, to control. Okay. You know, if we had a, a widespread epidemic of diseases, then we have to talk about, you know, are, is this really causing a major externality on all of society and do we need to do quarantines and things like that? But well, we, that, we're running... that's not what's happening. Well, what can we do to stop this, if anything? What do you, what do you ladies suggest that we do at this point? Besides bringing awareness to this, well, I, think, I mean, I think, it's going through the the Senate, so people have there's already been sort of a um, a massive outpouring of people um, who've been against it, and I guess that that should continue. But I think the people who uh, oppose it should pull their children out and should homeschool if they can. I got to leave it there, ladies, because I only got about a minute and a half left. But I, I, I urge everybody to get on board and get on, on the phone and, and, and speak out about this. Take it to social media, uh, raise awareness about this and, um, you know, call your state legislator. Right, ladies? Yes, absolutely. The federal uh, government's following right Yeah, along this is going this. national. This is going national. Absolutely. People need to speak up about it. All right, ladies, thank you so much for Thank calling you. in. Have a great night. Thank hey, you. Uh, here's a little bit of economic news in the time we have left. It's kind of gotten buried a little bit, but I think it's very important. And, and the Republican Party needs to seize on this immediately as we're getting closer to the 2016. Ninety three million people are absolutely not in the labor force, uh, 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 not in the labor force at all. Fifty six million. Uh, these are people that just have given up trying. They're not even filing for unemployment. Fifty six million women are not working. Uh, the uh, Therefore, the uh, April unemployment numbers of five point four percent are just absolutely absolutely a ruse. A report came out today that Social Security, uh, including disability, will be broke by 2013. Part of the reason why the unemployment numbers are so skewed is that as people stop looking for work, they started filing for disability. Uh, We need uh, the Republican Party uh, to be, we need to put a little pressure on our people, all the 925 that are running for president, to start giving their plan for how they're going to get people back to work and how they're going to turn things around economically. Uh, we got to start owning these issues. I'm loving so far what Carly Fiorina has to say. I'm working on getting an interview with her. And um, so hopefully I'll be able to bring that to you as well as a couple of other ones that I'm going to be talking about. I got to leave on this one note. I found it very interesting. In Colorado, we've got a Hispanic owner of a restaurant that's giving 10% discount next month on what he calls White Appreciation Day on June 11th. He says we've got a whole month for Hispanics, a whole month for black um, uh, Heritage Month, 
let's celebrate white America because we're all Americans. Hey, we are all Americans here. Love your moms this weekend. Happy Mother's Day. Love you all. Thanks for tuning in every Thursday and Friday night here at 9 uh, 9 p.m. Pacific time on AM 1170, The Answer. Have a great night, everybody. Love you all. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Andrea K. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.